Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we have hot deals for every budget. Buy three and you get the fourth tyre absolutely free on Bridgestone, Yokohama, Goodyear and J-Trax. And up to $150 instant cashback on Continental, Pirelli, Dunlop and the legendary Bob Jane All-Rounder. Plus check out our hot deals on Beef Goodrich All-Terrain Co. 2s from only $249, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Tastes apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, the race for the last supercars entry. Star co-driver set for a big switch. Gold, gold, gold. Aussie success at the motorsport games and the huge cost of the Gold Coast 500 carnage. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Well, there's certainly been a lot of discussion and debate about adding a 26th entry to the supercars field. Boost Mobile boss Peter Adderton is aggressively campaigning to secure the dormant team's racing charter, appealing to the fans to support his bid to run his own team next year. Now, it's a typical Adderton ploy. Make a lot of noise to get what he wants. He also changes his mind like the wind. He's out, he's back in, as we've seen over the past couple of months. Inside supercars, Adderton is seen as trying to bully them into submission, which, of course, he is. Despite his threat to pull out of supercars, he's agitating for the last licence and negotiating to continue Boost's backing of the Gold Coast event. And you have to say that Boost Mobile's promotional onslaught at Surfers last week was just the sort of blanket sponsor support supercar events need. Adderton up the ante by announcing that he's ordered a triple-eight-built Chevy Camaro to be driven by Richie Stanaway in a team run by Greg Murphy. However, after investigating the status of that 26th entry, the one that's held by supercars, we've learned that Adderton is at the end of the queue. Now, it's up to the supercars board of directors to decide if and when the remaining licence is offered for sale. And our latest information is that, for a start, it won't go on the market for next season, and when it does, it'll be offered to existing entrants first. The introduction of Gen 3 in 2023 is just not seen as the right time to expand the grid as teams race to build all new cars. We understand that Blanchard Racing Team has first dibs to expand, followed by Matt Stone Racing, as the two existing teams that have already expressed long-standing interest. BRT is looking to run two Gen 3 Mustangs in 2024, as team owner Tim Blanchard pretty much confirmed to Grant Rowley, as he revealed Cool Drive Racing will contest Super 2 next year as a warm-up for a two-car main game operation. Uh, not at the moment. I think uh, there's a fair bit that 
with Gen 3 coming on board, there's a lot of uh, moving parts with that program and I think uh, the timing's not right to add a 26 rec just from a logistical point of view, for not for just for BRT but for supercars as a business. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be good for the series to go back to 26 cars, uh, but I think next year we just need to make sure we've got 25 cars complete and uh, in high level of preparation ready for Newcastle. Um, so maybe not two cars for BRT in the championship, but two cars uh, across the two supercars championships. Uh, yeah, so we, you know, we still have ambitions to move to two cars in the coming years, and I think an important stepping stone to that is Super Two enables us to expand the team, uh, not compromise our main program, and um, make a, you know a, a good step without over. Uh, overstretching ourselves so we'll be doing the Super 2 series next year uh, we've got a driver lined up which we'll announce in the, uh, very shortly um, but yeah we're pretty excited about it and I think it's a good stepping stone for us to continue the growth and expansion of BRT As it stands the only way in for Peter Adderton is if he leases an entry from an existing team which at this stage seems very unlikely more plausible is he'll run the Camaro he's ordered from Triple Eight as a boost mobile wildcard entry in the returning Sandtown 500 in preparation, of course, for the Bathurst 1000. Now, Adderton is a great character and a big supporter of supercars, but he's also unpredictable and divisive. His efforts to elevate supercars are laudable, but his tactics are heavy-handed. The supercar's silly season is all but over, with James Golding soon to be confirmed as staying at Premier Racing next year, alongside new recruit Tim Slade. That leaves just Todd Hazelwood's replacement at MSR to be named. And that seat has been decided, with Super 2 frontrunner Cameron Hill strongly tipped to be confirmed soon. With the regular field decided, Attention turns to signing co-drivers, more valuable than ever in 2023, with the expected return of the Sandown 500 as a second two-driver enduro. Hot word is that Lee Holdsworth will return to Walkinshaw Andretti United, reuniting his 2021 Bathurst-winning pairing with Chas Mostert, with Fabian Coulthard staying on. That puts multiple Bathurst 1000 podium place getter and twice Enduro Cup co-winner Warren Luff out in the cold after nine years at Clayton. Fresh from his success in the four-wheel drive production class of the Australian Off-Road Championship, Luff wants to continue as a Supercars co-driver next year. Yeah, look, the plan for me is to, is to definitely continue look, like most co-drivers. You sort of get through. Uh, you get through the sort of uh, the current enduro campaign and uh, and go through the negotiation process and and see what next year looks like. And obviously, look, Walkinshaw Andretti United um, has been home for me for the last nine years, and um, and it's it's definitely been a, a happy hunting ground over the years. So look, the uh, yeah, we're going through that process at the moment and, and sitting down, obviously with. Um, with Bruce and Ryan and 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 all the people involved and, and looking at as to as to what next year is going to look like. So um, yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll have some news uh, in the near future. But um, yeah, would would love to sort of go again. And I think also with the like you said, the second enduro coming back next year, and hopefully it does go back to Sandown for at least one more time. Same thing. Sandown's also been a happy hunting ground for me in the past as well. 
Um, and look, from a from a um, uh, from a traditionalist point of view and all that sort of stuff, I think Sandown was always the traditional sort of uh, lead up to Bathurst, and uh, it, in itself has got plenty of history and all that sort of stuff. So uh, would love to would love to definitely go back to Sandown next year and do it at least one more five hundred there because as everyone knows, obviously uh, Sandown's future is is not guaranteed in the long-term future. So um, would it it'd be good to go back there at least one more time and uh, and have another crack at it? Luff is well aware of the speculation that he'll be ousted at WAU by Holdsworth, but remains confident, if non-committal, that he'll secure a leading co-drive for 2023 and beyond. Oh, look, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I've obviously heard the heard the stuff about Lee and um, I'm not sure obviously what his sort of discussions are um, at the moment I'm just focusing on uh, on my discussions and uh, and what that looks like for the future so look as I said things are things are looking positive and I'm sure we'll have some news in the in the not too distant future so um, yeah look at at this time of year in the in the co-driver market it's always that sort of silly season with lots of lots of talk and lots of rumors and all that sort of stuff um, but for for me, it's just um, yeah, as I said, go through the process of having the discussions and um, yeah, see see where we end up. Well, of course, given your record, you'd have to be pretty confident that you'll you'll pick up a seat somewhere next year. Yeah, as I said, it's uh, but at the moment, my focus is on uh, on where I've been for the last nine years, and um, yeah, as I said, it's just. Uh, it's the it's the game we play, and it's the it's the usual sort of uh, at this time of year, everyone's sort of going through those same motions of discussion. So, um, yeah, we'll see uh, see in the coming weeks and um, have have some news hopefully. The multi-talented Luff recently added to his varied racing resume by winning an off-road title, piloting a Walkinshaw Performance VW Amarok W580X guided by dirt demon Tony Romano. In his off-road racing debut, Luffy rates the success as a career highlight. Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's been an amazing year. We've certainly had a lot of fun and um, to, to, to go in at the start of the year and having had no experience, obviously, for myself in off-road racing or for, for the sort of Walkinshaw performance from Walkinshaw Automotive, it's obviously it's a new sphere of racing for them and to... Uh, to be able to walk away with the the title in the first year is obviously incredibly satisfying and rewarding for all of us that's been involved. Obviously, off-road racing is very different, just, you know, despite all the different disciplines of racing that you've been involved in over the years. But I, I guess this success, it certainly speaks to your versatility. Yeah, look, it's probably um, it's like I, I certainly went into this year not expecting it to be easy, but certainly it's probably a um, an even bigger challenge than probably what I even thought it was going to be myself. Because the big thing in the in the off road racing, say like the the last round at Kalgoorlie where we just ran, so the track's one hundred and twenty kilometres per lap, um, and we do three laps over the course of the weekend. Um, there was eighty five cars and like a hundred and sixty odd bikes, so even from when you do your pace notes in the lead up to the event to how the track changes and evolves. So even though you've got a pace noted, what you don't know is how badly the next corner's rutted out since the last time you've been through there. Because again, from the last time you went through there, there's been 85 odd cars and 160 bikes. So the track changes and evolves continuously. And so for us being in the production car class, 
it's all about driving the car at a pace to preserve the car and not break it. We're not in a trophy truck or a pro buggy where those guys just kind of hammer through and go over all the rough stuff. Um, for us, it's all about just kind of run the car at a pace um, that you can get through. So it's, it's mentally very challenging, but certainly obviously very rewarding. And it's a challenge I've definitely enjoyed. And uh, yeah, as you said, it's definitely a good one to have on the CV. Having tasted success first up, are you keen to continue in off-road racing next year? Do you have a plan? Yeah, look, obviously would would love to go back and uh, and defend the defend the championship and uh, and have another crack at it. So um, yeah, look, at the moment uh, the that sort of stuff sits obviously with uh, with the hierarchy at Walkinshaws as to as to what the plan for next year is. I think for everyone involved, the the plan is to definitely go again, but um, obviously there's commercial realities and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, obviously we all need to go back and talk to the partners that are involved in the program and, and see what it's going to look like for next year. Um, but yeah, would love to, would love to have another crack at it because it's certainly been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, would love to, would love to go and have another go at it. You'll hear the full interview with Warren Luff on Grant Rowley's Parked Up on Thursday. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. Shane Van Gisbergen clinched his second straight and third overall supercars crown at the Gold Coast 500. Van Gisbergen's sweep of both 250-kilometre races also wrapped up Triple Eight's, well, umpteenth team's title. SVG also extended his season record to 21 race wins with a big chance for two more at the season-ending Adelaide 500 in early December. He's looking forward to ending his big year with a winning celebration at Holden's last Supercars event ever. I want to win more races, so for sure we can go there as a celebration and have a good time. Um, celebrate Holden that's going to mean a lot to our team and, and GM so for sure we, we want to go out with a good result these guys will be too everyone wants to be the last Holden winner and the Ford guys probably want to spoil that so yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be there prepared but also ready to party too. The return of the Surface Paradise Street Race event was not without controversy and drama. An 11 car carambolage in Sunday's race triggered by James Golding losing it at the beachfront chicane, aggravated the renewed debate over the tyre bundles and curb-cutting sensors. Supercars drivers petitioned the organisers for change, but opinions were divided on alternatives. SVG was frustrated by the lack of action. Oh, the accident today probably didn't contribute. I think, I think the bundles are probably our best option. I just think um, it was a little bit frustrating, you know, after the press conference, Will and Cam and myself thought we'd better do something. We were all complaining and we all got the same problem. It wasn't a personal a personal thing. And then um, Chaz joined in. We sort of had a four-guy four driver group and 
yeah, every single driver signed a petition that the curbs aren't good enough and we need to do something. So it was frustrating that they didn't listen to us, but also at the same time, maybe I don't understand enough the FIA license rules and stuff like that. But yeah, we need to, you know, we come back here year after year and it's the same stuff. So hopefully we can all sit down, be a bit calmer and thorough and um, come up with something good for next time. So we don't talk about it or think about it when we're driving, we just send it. So you'd be disappointed if you come back next year and it's all exactly the same? Oh, yeah, yeah. Will Davison had a more moderate view. Well, I think, yeah, that's probably a bit of an emotional, you know, comment. It's, yeah, tie bundles are nothing new. So I think we all agreed that the tie bundles are a good solution instead of the electronic sensor. They really, that's what they're there for. And they're behind the sausage curb, which was also to try and preempt us using the curbs years ago, tie bundle sausage curb. So, yeah, they're all in place. I, I, don't, I don't think there's an issue with the tyre bundles. Um, but, yeah, of course, street tracks, they will cause an accident. Um, if you, yeah, don't abort. If you're coming into that chicane, you know, you're coming in hot, you do have to realise you, you've got to possibly abort the last apex. So, yeah, part and parcel with street tracks. Um, so, yeah, I don't, don't really know that that's going to be, that getting rid of them will be the ultimate solution, but... The sensors were, I don't know if anyone got bad sportsmanship flags then, but I think it's sort of nearly ignored in the race. So it should have been in qualifying, to be honest, the same. And Chaz Mostert countered the criticism, joined by Davo. Uh, probably Shane and Will will kill me, but I think the way supercars handle it, finally listen to us or at least have, to have the opportunity to talk to supercars about doing a track change so late in the piece, I thought was pretty good from them in the previous years i don't think there would even been a possibility to sit with them so there was a change to the track um from you know the first chicane there the first tire bundle got moved back which was the only real outcome supercars could have done at the time because their loops didn't have different stages in that they could turn off to make at least turn two curb better but the last chicane was you know they said that they most of us that were skipping they had vision that we were skipping so i think it's I think it's a bit harsh on, on supercars to say that they didn't do anything for us. They at least got some track difference moved and I think that's a, a credit for, for them to actually hear us out and hopefully that trust and, and more going forward and talk about maybe a driver group and stuff like that to to hear what the driver's opinion is more on track stuff and that is um, is really, you know, I say congratulations to supercars for, for at least listening to us and, and hearing us out where they probably really don't need to since they've got so many other people um, telling them what's what's better from a track point of view other than the guys that drive it. To be honest, we all left. We all left the meeting and we thought it was quite productive. You know, we all it was good, calm conversation. Um, I think Shane said we'll frustrate in the end because I think we took the right channel. I think it was you know a good step forward. So don't we're not. I'm not sitting here shit canning the system. I think it was a good step forward and um, we had all had a good chat. Ultimately, in the short time, there wasn't a solution we could come up with, but. Um, as Chaz said, I definitely agree with what he said there. Um, but unfortunately, we couldn't get a, a solution in the short time we needed. The supercars carnage over the weekend was probably worth more than half a million dollars. Tickford Racing copped it yet again, increasing its season damage bill, well, so far anyway, to close to 800000 on the other side of the world, Team Australia was competing in the second FIA Motorsport Games at Paul Ricard in the south of France. Our eight-driver squad finished sixth in the medal tally, 
with Matt Campbell scoring gold in the GT Sprint Race in Grove Racing's Porsche 911 GT3R. Italy topped the tally with three gold medals and a silver, just beating France. Matt Campbell told Motorsport Australia that winning gold was a big thrill. Yeah, really cool. I mean, uh, nice to get the first gold uh, and also medal uh, for Australia at the FIA Games. But uh, yeah, what a race. I mean, uh, it definitely wasn't easy. Uh, the pressure was on the entire way. And uh, we also had to manage a couple of issues towards the end. But uh, yeah, made it last. Uh, the gap was closing a little bit at the end. But uh, luckily didn't make any mistakes and, and got the job done. But uh, yeah, fantastic uh, event, fantastic day. You know, we, we basically improved in every single session. And then obviously the race, um, you know, had the lead from uh, turn one and was able to maintain. So uh, fantastic result. You talked a little bit before, there were a couple of issues creeping in, so there's a lot to manage going on there. Talk us through how you did that. Yeah, exactly. So started with a bit of a vibration about halfway through uh, and at the same time also had some uh, upshift issues. So that slowly got worse and worse, unfortunately. Uh, so obviously just tried to maintain the gap and also save tyres uh, for the end in case there was a safety car or something. So made it last, but uh, I was getting quite worried and, and nervous there in the last laps, but uh, we were able to bring it home. And the Grove boys there at the end, there to celebrate with you. It must be really great to be part of their team here at the Games and also everything else you've done with them. It must be just a great way to cap off that partnership. Yeah, super, super cool. I mean, uh, obviously we've raced against each other for many, many years and now for us to come together and finally be in the same car, obviously with them in the car in the last two days and then myself for GT Sprint. So uh, really, really cool to bring us both together, also with uh, Elbemba Motorsport. So I would bring it home for Porsche. And you talk about GT, this is kind of the sign-off for you and new journey next year. How great is it to go out on top? Yeah, obviously a nice way to finish the year. It's my last race and also last race in GT for I don't know how long. So uh, really exciting to be able to make the step up to prototype in the LMDH category next year with Porsche Penske Motorsport. And uh, yeah, love to come back and, and try again next year and uh, hopefully do another couple of GT events as well. And team captain Stephen Grove is very proud of the Aussie effort. Yeah, unbelievable. I was so nervous. I was more nervous than I, if you know, if I'd have been in the car. So it's just been a fantastic afternoon. He did well, led from the start to the finish. You know, went through the plan that we needed to go through and did everything we needed to do. And it was a, it was an absolutely flawless drive. So that's, uh, that's been a great result overall. All the Australian competitors come over here, um, and and all put in an unbelievably good show. And I'm just proud of every single one of them. And I'm proud for our nation um, to to get six. You know, uh, in in overall with. 72 odd countries to come and to get six it's it's really great for our country. Two roles I suppose or even more roles this weekend driver team captain and obviously the team the Grove component which Matt Campbell was racing for today what are you feeling what do you take away from this? Well it's a really unbelievably proud moment you know for, for, for Grove Racing and 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 for Australia to, to come over here and and win a gold medal at this level I mean 72 countries all the people that are here it's five to seven hundred drivers you know it was a big amount of people and to win a gold medal for your country is something that I'll always remember and always cherish. It's just bloody fantastic. And I suppose Matt Campbell, he's an awesome driver. He's done so much in his career. Another, another trophy to add to his cabinet. It must be pretty special to be working with him. It definitely. I mean, we've worked with a lot of drivers over the journey and, and the professionalism, but you know, he, he's up there at the top of the professionalism. He worked really hard with us. He set the car up. Um, he spent a lot of time you know, driver coaching and working with us. Um, he had a flawless plan, you know, we sat down and we worked out what was the right strategy. He raced against some of the best GT drivers in the world and he came out on top, so super proud of Matty. Speaking of Grove, we're hearing Matt White Motorsport will take over Grove Racing's Mustangs 
to run in Super 2 next year. More after this important message. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, it's all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. And we're on the run to the chequered flag. Plenty of racing around the world over the weekend. The support races at Surfers Paradise crown new Porsche Carrera Cup and Super Ute champions. Meanwhile, the Australian Formula Ford Championship was decided at Sydney Motorsport Park. And in the wake of Red Bull Racing's big cost cap breach penalties, newly crowned world champion Max Verstappen won the Mexican Formula One Grand Prix, setting a new season record of 14 wins. With his roundup of all the major racing action, here's Grant Rowley, thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Timo. Our motorsport wrap starts right here on the Gold Coast, and as Fogues has told you earlier, Shane Van Gisbergen was in glittering form on the Surface Paradise street track. Two race wins, a pole position, and importantly, the New Zealander wrapped up the 2022 Repco Supercars Championship crown. This is SVG's third Supercars title, adding to his two Bathurst 1000 wins. The Red Bull Wampole Racing Team also wrapped up the team's title on the weekend, underscoring the incredible form of the Holden squad. A horde of support categories joined the supercars on the surface streets. In Porsche Carrera Cup, Harry Jones wrapped up the title just over Bob Jane T-Mart star Aaron Love. In a title fight that came down to the final race, Jones needed to finish eighth or better to clinch the crown, and his sixth-place finish was enough to make him the champion for 2022. The Howtech Super Utes also wrapped up its five-round title with Aaron Borg claiming the crown. Category returnee Roel Harris won three of the races while David Cedars also claimed a victory. S5000 brought big banger open wheelers back to the surface streets and it was Nathan Hearn who dominated, taking all three wins in the opening round of the Tasman series. The event also saw the debut of the category's new push-to-pass feature. Still on home soil, the 2022 Australian Formula Ford crown was decided at Sydney Motorsport Park. Second-generation racer Valentino Astuti claimed the title after series leader Jimmy Fisick elected not to compete, instead testing a Formula 4 car in the UK. Astuti quickly overhauled Fisick's 11-point lead and ultimately wrapped up the crown after race two. He capped off the year in style, winning the final race. Astuti's title win is Sonic Motor Racing Service's 12th National Formula Ford Crown. Overseas, and Max Verstappen continued his amazing run in the Formula One World Championship, winning the Mexican Grand Prix. The Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton finished second, while hometown hero Sergio Perez was third. Aussie Danny Ricciardo qualified 12th and raced his way through to 7th place. In NASCAR Cup at Martinsville, playoff contender Christopher Bell won to ensure his spot, but Denny Hamlin was knocked out courtesy of a miraculous manoeuvre by Ross Chastain on the very last lap to snatch the final spot in NASCAR's playoffs. Chase Elliott, 
Joey Logano, Chastain and Bell are the only drivers now in contention for the title, with the final round to be held in Phoenix next weekend. That's the news and views from home and abroad. My name is Graham Rowley, reporting for Parked Up Plus, with thanks to Bob Jane Teammates. Thanks, Grant. Finally, earlier we heard from supercars team owner Tim Blanchard about his interest in expanding to two cars in 2024. This weekend, Blanchard will be racing at Silverstone in the UK, contesting the Walter Hayes Trophy for historic Formula Fords. Now, Blanchard won the 2007 Australian Formula Ford title and was runner-up in the 2008 British Series and third in that year's Formula Ford Festival. And in a one-off appearance in this year's Australian Formula Ford Series at Winton, all those many years later, well, he won. And as the Cool Drive executive told Grant Rowley, he has his sights set on success at Silverstone. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously it's uh, been a bucket list race for me. I've got a long history in uh, Formula Ford personally, but also my family as well. So uh, it's been a bucket list race for me for a long time and uh, yeah, really excited to go and have a crack at it this year. So who's running the car? How's it all working? Uh, so it's Brian Sewell, uh, the guy in the UK, I know, who I met when I raced Formula Ford over there. So it's his car. He actually drove out one of our family cars at the Phillip Island Classic earlier this year, so we've leased a car for him for the weekend and then uh, pulled in uh, the big big guns and uh, convinced Michael Ritter to come over and help me for the week as well. So kind of like me, Formula Ford's been a huge part of his life and the Walter Hayes Trophy something he's never done and you know he worked before starting Sonic, he spent a few years in the UK running Formula Fords, uh, so it's been a bucket list race for him that's to do as well. The Walter Hayes Trophy is named after the former British newspaper editor turned Ford PR guru, who masterminded the Blue Oval's image-enhancing blitz on racing and rallying in the 1960s into the 80s. Most famously, Hayes funded the Cosworth Ford DFV engine that was a mainstay of Formula One in the late 60s through to the early 80s, as well as fostering Formula Ford as Global Racing's leading nursery open-wheel category. As well as Tim Blanchard, newly crowned Victorian Formula Ford champion Richard Davison, father of Will and Alex, is also contesting the Walter Hayes Trophy. Well, that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday including the full interview with Warren Luff, who's as entertaining as he is versatile. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 